today on the Leadership to Wealth podcast. We've got five-time best-selling author. Um, he has spoken to crowds of hundreds and thousands. He's a business coach. He shows people how to create their USP. If you don't know what that is, you're going to have to check it out. Um, he is a mentor to many and has been mentored by uh, millionaires and billionaires. Really uh, want to introduce to you guys today, Roy Red. Uh, Roy, welcome to the show. Yo, thank you for having me. You know, I'll actually went and was uh, consuming you guys' content. I love what you guys are doing. You guys are putting out some amazing stuff. And I'm just really honored to be here. And hopefully I could bring some value and give you guys some tactical stuff so you can make money now and make money in the future and, and just bring a better impact and live a better lifestyle uh, in you guys' life. Love it. Uh, Roy, thank you. Thank you. Right off there. Um, well, let me let me ask this question or let, let's just get started with giving a little bit of background. Um, you know, where where are you from? Um, you know, where you live, that, that kind of stuff. What do you do? G give us a little bit of background for you, for the viewers. So I'm actually from Gardena, California, which is two minutes away from Compton, California, which is more famous. I actually don't live too far from them now. I live in the high rise here in downtown. I'm kind of can kind of see the Staples Center right outside here, but, and it's about 15 minutes south of here. But I grew up, both parents were police officers. Dad ended up going entrepreneur route, mom stayed police officer. And, you know, I never really struggled. Yeah, I did live in like what was known as the hood and was in some tough environments, but I had both parents and they did such a good job at raising me. And um, I had everything laid out for me, but like we, all do a lot of times is I messed that up, right? <laughs> I, I stepped on my own foot. I I uh, engaged in self-sabotaging things mm. because it's like, you know, my car I have now, I take care of, I make sure it's washed and make sure it's clean because I paid for it. But my first car, my mom bought for me, I never kept it clean. I had dents all over it because I didn't appreciate it. And so like the same thing, a lot of times when we have things laid out, we don't appreciate it. And so in 2011, I actually went through a really hard time where I ended up pushing my 1987 Honda Civic down the freeway on my that, own. Stuck that's the one that crash. was smoking with the helicopter over top. It was smoking. The Channel 7 news chopper was over me, uh, filming me. How embarrassing. Telling me how, yeah. telling the news, this is the reason why the Diamond Lane. And if you don't know the Diamond Lane, it's the carpool lane where two or more people uh, have to be in the car to take that lane, but I used to take the lane just because it went faster. I didn't, yeah. I didn't even have two people in the car, and I had to push this car by myself for two miles. And somewhere in between pushing that car for two miles, I asked myself, Roy, why are you here? <laughs> like you have all the skills, you're smart. Um, you know, come to find out, I have a really high IQ. I'm very, very smart. Even though I didn't do good in school, I didn't know that till I got older. But um, it's like, why are you here, dude? And I didn't like the answer to that question. The answer was, it's because I did it to myself. I wasn't taking full responsibility for my life. I wasn't making like one of my favorite thought leaders, Brendan Burchard says, I wasn't making my common sense, my actual common practice. And at the end of the day, it's easy to be successful, but it's also easy not to be because it's easy not to do the work. It's easy to do the work, but it's easy not to do the work. And so I 
was pushing that car and I just said, with tears in my eyes, nothing like this gonna ever happen again in my life. I'm gonna get my life together. I'm gonna figure this out. And being that, you know, you know, I, you know, had some skills, was in the medical field. I was able to get a really good job quick. And you know how they say, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. That's what happened. I ended up meeting mentors, going to seminars, and uh, it just changed my life around and led me to writing best-selling books, working with professional athletes, athletes that all of you guys would know, um, working with CEOs, uh, helping them with business, and now helping people do what I do. If you want to, you know, make, if you want to sell a high-ticket thing for something you do, uh, coaching, consulting for your advice, I help people do that. I help people write and launch books, guaranteed best-selling books. Uh, I help people start podcasts and I help people create what I call positioning tools so that they can actually get people to buy their stuff. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay. So a couple of things, I, I, but I got to say, first of all, cause you hit, you, you hit something there uh, just straight out with, uh, with Compton mentioning about Compton. Yeah. I kid you not. Um, when I was younger, the, when I got, my, my first car, 1984 Ford Tempo that I got years later um, and uh, and may have been quite similar to uh, the vehicle that you drove. But my dream was that the first song I was going to play out of that car was going to be straight out of Compton. Yeah, so, um, big uh, public enemy and NWA fan. But anyways, thank you for that walk down memory lane. I'll leave that one there. Um, okay. So couple there's a whole bunch of stuff there that that's amazing that you know you can recognize your your parents impact in your life and then still realize that you were uh kind of at the source of all of it yeah. and and then going from there making that change can you say I, I'm, I'm curious is there something that you can say about what made it so significant mm -hmm. that you were able to in that moment go yeah this is this is changing because yeah. you and i both know that there's how countless people that in that that situation same yeah. situation and and it would have been taken completely different yeah. the meaning that they would have assigned to it would have been completely different and and you uh you took it as a moment to uh, to jumpstart and change yeah. your life. Yeah, I guess we have we all have different levels of kind of, for lack of a better term, stress. And to go down the neuroscience route, I'm a neuroscience geek. I know so much and read so much about the brain, all the new stuff. Is we are motivated either by gain or by uh, loss, like negativity. And most of us are more motivated by the negativity and loss. the The cause of all human suffering is loss, less or never. Where um, depressed about having lost something, having less of something, or we have anxiety about the future and never gaining something. And so in that moment, um, the reason why the meaning to me was so bad is because um, looking back as a kid, my mother and my brother, James Salisbury, gave me uh, really good auto suggestions. And what suggestions are is what you say about uh, that person. So it was always, you're handsome, you're smart, you're strong, you're the best. And what happens is, is kind of how uh, uh, um, Alonzo Ball's father does to him and his kids. What happens is you start to feel that way. 
and you think you're the best, you think you're great. But then when you're engaging in self-sabotaging things like I did, the world doesn't fit the map that I have for myself. And that's what yeah. creates uh, the meaning that I made and creates the problem. And so this is why taking responsibility is so huge. And I took responsibility in that moment, because if you take responsibility, what you're going to do is then go to work to make the map fit your actual world. Our deepest desire uh, for human beings is to is to create physical, tangible proof of what we imagine ourselves to be. And so yes. if we take full responsibility for that, all we have to do is imagine that person, imagine that thing, create that identity, uh, kind of how uh, Saul and Paul did. I always uh, equate my life to how Saul turned into Paul the apostle yeah. And, yeah. and create the identity and then go be that person, right? And once you just focus in on that, there's no greater joy and all anxiety and I won't say all, but most anxiety and depression or anything negative goes away when you're chasing a better future for yourself. It's not even about obtaining that future because I thought six figures is a lot of money till I made six figures and realized when you're in LA, if you make six figures, you're still broke. And so I got to go to seven figures. And so you're always chasing something. And it's, and they've proven that in neuroscience as well, that the, that your nervous system uh, loves chasing the attainment of new identities. And so that's the human condition is to always be chasing new ideals. Yeah. Wow. Uh, let me just ask, how, how old were you at the time when, when your vehicle broke down? I was 25, which also happens to yeah. be the age that the brain uh, uh, stops developing. So our brains are still developing until 25. So that literally mm -hmm. fell in congruence with me as is at 25 is when I when I started realizing all of this stuff. Wow. Okay, that's interesting. Um, I didn't know that the brain stopped developing at 25. Um, and uh, now that I think of it, I was like, well, I don't know if I want to agree with that. <laughs> I, I I choose to think that uh, my brain's still developing, but yeah. I get what you're saying. It's it's, it's still plastic, yeah, neuroplasticity, yeah. but yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and but I guess really what. It's interesting. There's a number of things that you you said that kind of hit me, and one of the things was realizing that I was I was about 30 years old before I even realized the type of choice that I actually have in my own life. Yeah. Um, you know, the type of responsibility that I could really take in my own life, and that only came because I had kids, and yeah. uh, all of a sudden I started thinking, what am I going to teach them? Yeah. And and that that was a a uh, major instigator for me. So, mm -hmm. um, so, but here you are, 25, you're at the side of the road, you got all this stuff, you know, all right, Jim, well, we've got, uh, you know, we've got a broken down vehicle on the side of the road and there's smoke coming from it. Um, and uh, this guy has got, uh, you know, and so you're there, all of that, and you're like, okay, I'm I'm never going to be in this position again. And, and you decide to you decide to make some changes. And now what led you down this road of being an author, being a speaker and uh, being a coach? Um, wh what led you down this road to, to, to go there? So I um, got home that day after what happened, the tow truck driver, I didn't even have money to get my car towed, but he 
told me for free on his lunch break. Uh, what an amazing guy. I hope I can I ever see that guy, find that guy one day. But he told me home and I went online and I literally Googled how to be successful. And when I Googled that, uh, this old white dude popped up named Jim Rohn. And oh, yes. I consumed everything that he had. I consumed every video. Uh, he had books that he had read. I went and purchased all those books. And ever since that day, I've read a book a week at the very least since that day. Um, and I read all of these books and uh, I had got a new job. And when I was in the break room at that job, I was reading, St reading Stephen Covey's uh, Seven Habits of Highly mm -hmm. Effective People. And someone came into the break room and said, hey, I love that book. Like, are you into personal development? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm just getting into it. And he's like, yo, I have this ticket to this seminar. You want to go? And I'm like, sure. How much is the ticket? He's like $5,000. And I'm like, I don't have that. He's like, no, I have two tickets. You could come with me. My wife can't go. And I'm like, sure. And I went and went to this seminar. And I, there was millionaires around, billionaires around. Everybody had businesses. I didn't even have a business at the time. So I literally made up a business because this billionaire, I didn't know he was a billionaire at the time, came up to me and was like, hey, young man, because I was young. And it's something about young people. When they see young people are in that realm, they really want to help you. You know, They want to give you their knowledge. And he said, hey, young man, you know, what's your business? And on the spot, I made up a business. Since I was in the healthcare, I said, oh, I, I help um, healthcare providers uh, certify for CPR. And he's like, oh, okay. And remember this question because this helped me in business later. And every billionaire I've ever talked to all asked me the same question. He said, what makes your business different than the other CPR companies? Hmm. And I was like, I don't know. I, you know, and he's like, you know, young man, come to dinner. I mean, come to lunch uh, at lunchtime and we'll talk. And we're at lunch and he was explaining his business and how he made his billions and all of that stuff. And then that's when he was explaining to me the power of a unique selling proposition, having a, USP in which I left that seminar, created my first business, uh, which was the actual CPR business that I made up. And my USP was um, uh, a CPR class that doesn't keep you in class all day because healthcare providers, they recertify every two years for CPR. They don't want to be in there six, eight hours. They know how to do it better than the teacher because they're doing it every day. They just want to get in and out, get their certification. And so that's what right. I did was created that business to where I could help them get their CPR cards fast within 30 minutes to an hour. We just went through the skills and then they were done. And then the word started to spread like, hey, this instructor gets you done quick. And so that's still a business I have. I still have to this day that, you know, I don't I don't touch it anymore, but it just brings in revenue. And so uh, another thing he told me was about creating wows and creating positioning tools. And one of those positioning tools was a best selling book. And I didn't think I could write a book at the time because I was broke. I, I can't write a book. You know, I don't have any money. And for some reason, that was in my head, which isn't true at all. Anybody can write about their experience. But after increasing my income from the CPR business, I said, OK, I can write a book now. People will listen to me because I created a fairly successful business. And that's when I wrote uh, The Success Magnet, Cultivate the Five Values That Attract Success. Uh, which was my first book, which you can get now on Amazon. You just Google it, Google my name. It's on there on Amazon. And when I wrote that book, I get a, was it Twitter or Instagram? It was Instagram. I get a DM from NBA skills trainer, Casey Trueke, who saw me launching the book. He had been following me, grabbed the book and was reading it. 
And I'm still in the middle of the book launch. And he says, hey, does this stuff you teach in this book work on athletes? And I was like, sure. You know, athletes are humans. And he's like, yo, I need you to come talk to my athlete, Alan Crabb. And I'm like, sure. I'm in the middle of this book launch. Maybe later. Next day, he hits me up. I need you to fly to Portland right now to do this. So in the middle of my book launch, I fly to Portland, worked with Alan, and with doing some of the work, and of course, he's an amazing talent, and some of the stuff, he was able to earn a $75 million contract. And we worked together, and he just started playing well. And he was my first big testimonial that I still use to this day. And because, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of times with the athletes, they don't want to know. They don't want people to know, like, what coach they're working with or mental right. stuff. I know a right. lot of guys who are working with guys. Like, you would never know Kobe had a mental coach. You just think Kobe was Mamba mentality. You don't know there's a mm-hmm. coach behind Mamba. But, you know, that's just just how it goes. And so um, worked with him, and that led me to um, speaking on stages, um, writing more books, um, then people started asking me, how did you, you know, get these high paying clients? Cause he paid me a lot of money. And I was like, well, I kind of did this and this is how I did it. And then just started to learn to build a business behind it and, uh, help business owners create positioning tools, um, to help them get more sales. Cause one thing I realized when, cause he was my first client, but then I went a long time, not able to get clients. And yeah. one thing his trainer asked me, he was like, why would anybody pick you over Tony Robbins? Mm -hmm. Robbins is the biggest guy in this space. Why would they pick you? And then that went back to what my mentor taught me was what makes you different? And then I had to revamp myself, recreate a USP, what we call a category of one. And what a category of one is, is, you know, let's say both of us are business coaches. Now there's a choice. Which business coach do I choose? Right. But what a category of one does is instead of a choice of who do I pick, it's a choice of yes or no. And so mm-hmm. I create a, a messaging that is so distinctive that I'm se- I separate myself from everywhere else, everyone else to where it's, should I work with Roy or should I not work with Roy rather than which business coach? And so that's uh, one of the key things I learned in business. And yeah, man, that's how I uh, got to doing this today. Wow. Um and and that was right off of that was all back to back off of this event that happened um on the street um with with your vehicle breaking down um and it's interesting how one led to the other um so so let me ask a question um uh husband kids any family single single alone which I love, by the way, especially okay, with, especially with um, you know, I have a, you know, goals of inspiring, instructing a billion people and making hundreds of millions, wow. and so it takes yeah. laser focus to do that. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy for that now, but no kids, yeah, um, just mom and dad, brothers, siblings. Well, I, yeah. I guess you could say they're my kids. I, you know, I take care of grown. Yeah, people. there you go. <laughs> uh, so so it sounds like that's intentional for you right you, you're intentionally focused on doing that and and the relationship will come uh at another point if if yeah. it, it's that case is that is that what you're thinking yeah it'll 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 work it'll happen it'll happen eventually it's you know i'm what, what's the thought process behind that what's the mindset because here's the thing people everyone's there's so there's so much divide on this topic when it comes yeah. to family relationships and that uh, you know, 
when when you're coming out of school and should you or shouldn't you should you wait till you've established your career should you do it along the way what what's your thought process in this area so here's my thought process and i think i got it down packed but here we go so i'm super disciplined have a lot of rituals so first of all you would have to be a really special person for me to step out of that right and so I don't think it's about work-life family balance. I think it's about work-life family integration. And so when I find someone who can integrate into what I do, that's just going to help me grow better, right? I'm fo- we're focused on the business. You know, my dad always says that uh, love is law, but family is business. And so if I can get someone who integrates with what I do, now what she loves to do her love is part of what i do in my love and we come together and we just built this dope empire and um eventually kids and all that stuff will come with that as well wow okay that's interesting i uh i did things completely the opposite way um so that that's really interesting um you can't fight a war on two fronts you can't fight well you can do it. Just as you're not necessarily going to win, <laughs> but yeah, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? The truth that I I would share in that is that mm-hmm. without for me, without my wife and the kids and us being on that same page, uh-huh. whenever we're not on the same page, uh-huh. everything else struggles, yeah. right? It, I. I can't, even though we don't step out our door these days, but as much as we used to, but, um, you know, you can't almost can't even step out the door with the same type of power and confidence if things are challenging at home. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer in, you know, if your home base, build your home base, and then it's a whole lot easier to go out as opposed to armies that uh, go out and, uh, but when things are going good, in. but when things are going good, it's like I can take over the world, right? When you step yeah. out, it's like, man. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, okay, well, that I, so you you've talked, you've mentioned it on a number of things. Obviously, you're you're doing a lot of traveling and stuff like that for for uh, for other guys that you know they're young, they're trying to figure out what to do. I know that these last couple of years, especially with, with COVID has created a lot of uncertainty for people. Yeah. What am I going to do uh, afterwards? What am I, they're in school, people are in, uh, guys are in school and they're trying to figure out what am I going to do afterwards? Yeah. And there's such a shift in the market yeah. uh, that um, I, th- you know, obviously, as I shared with you earlier, mm-hmm. I tell a lot of people, Hey, if it's, if it's something that you think you love, absolutely go into business. Um, I think it's a great opportunity. You'll be surprised. But when when people are trying to figure out what direction to take, mm-hmm. as a coach, what how do you kind of direct people? How do you kind of help them figure that out there? Because I'm sure people come to you and ask, I, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I've got all these cool skills, but I don't know what to do. Yeah. Well, so first, one thing to realize is the whole idea of I don't know what to do is kind of your mind's way of not taking responsibility. It's self-sabotaging itself by doing that, right? And so um, that's kind of a little bit of an excuse because 
you know, when you're a kid, you never, when someone asked you, what do you want to be when you got older? You just said it, you just knew. And so you created that mental block. So take responsibility first off for that. And then two, I kind of have a couple ways I go about this. So William Maslow had his hierarchy of needs, right? Where you had to have these hierarchy of needs um, in order to get to the top of what he called transcendent. And when you are transcending, you're able to give because you have so much in abundance that you're able to help others, right? And I think life isn't about receiving. I think life is about giving. Absolutely. And so if life is about giving, I said, we can hack Maslow's whole pyramid, right? And get right to the top. So let me ask you a question. If you are already at the top of his hierarchy and you had all the money, you had all your goals, you had all the stuff you dreamed about, what would you do to impact and help others? Mm. And whatever that is, do that thing now and charge people for it, right? Do that thing now. Like for me, that's, I would speak, I would teach, I would, I just love to teach. It's, it isn't even what I teach a lot of the yeah. times. I just love teaching stuff, man. I could do this all day. I'm, I'm in my in my flow when I'm doing this, right? I just love yeah. it. And yeah. so um, what is that thing? And then once you know what that thing is, give that person an identity name, right? So like mm-hmm. P. Diddy, Puffy, Floyd Mayweather, Money Mayweather. If you notice all these successful people, Create identities. You you guys are going to have to pay me for what I'm about to teach you right now. All right. All right. Come on. You're going to create an identity by naming that person. So I want to inspire and instruct a billion people to live better lives. So my identity is motivational Billy, right? Motivational billionaire. I want to make a lot of money helping people um, improve their life or business. And so that is my identity. So answer that question, figure out what you want to do, and then give whoever that person that does that, give it a name, give that identity a name. And then once you have that, now you just need to lock in. And the way you lock in is what I call my hierarchy of focus, right? Anything that isn't in your hierarchy of focus, you got to get it out of here. The news, get it out of here. Um, People who don't serve that purpose, get them out of here. And so my hierarchy of focus is God, family, friends, clients. So if you're not God, family, friends, or clients, you can't even disturb me on these things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I literally set these things up to where only the people in my hierarchy of focus can even reach out to me. I have super tunnel vision and only people that fit motivational Billy's um, um, hierarchy of focus can reach out to me. So that's one of the ways I do it. Number two is after that, go through your ideal day, right? Okay. So what would a average mundane day look like for you if you're living your best life what time would you wake up and this doesn't mean 4 a.m like a navy seal no what time do you want to wake up right <laughs> right i you know that that kills me it, the early bird gets the worm no i'm i'm gonna wake up at 11 and i'm still gonna snatch the worm from you just because that's the time that i fit in right and you can even look this up. It's called your chronotype. Find out what your chronotype is mm. and you'll see, like, you'll stop feeling bad about wanting to wake up at uh, 10 a.m. rather than than 4 a.m., right? And so what time would you wake up? And this is just from what you want to do. Who would you eat breakfast with? What would you think about? What would you be doing? What would you do for lunch? What time would you work out? What, what time would you read? What time would you be doing all of this stuff? And list out, Right. You know, it's weird when I did this exercise, I did this. And one of the things was, you know, I would 
live in downtown with a nice view. Now I live in downtown with a nice view. It's super weird, but you write down this ideal day and then guess what? Then you just go and do whatever you can to make that day your actual day because Mm-hmm. The number one human drive is mastery, but you can't have mastery until you have your autonomy, which is your freedom. Can't have total freedom because you gotta, you know, do some stuff to get results. But you can have as much as you want and a, a whole lot of it. And so those are kind of the two um, tools in my thinking tool belt that I use to help people with their purpose. Wow, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I, I'm taking a moment to just kind of be be with what you you just said. What one of the one of the first things that you mentioned there about creating your identity and and it it resonated with me. And the first thing I thought, well, I, my my identity is uh, I'm I'm the juggernaut. And I I literally if you if you know uh, Marvel comics. I chose this guy because even though he's the the villain, villain, but he's the guy that uh, you know he puts his head down, he runs through walls, right? You you can't stop him, right? And 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 it's funny because I, as you said that, I was like, oh yeah, that's that's who I am, and uh, and I even tell people that. So, um, but then as you started talking, I was like, hmm, maybe I should choose a different uh, a different identity because. Because Juggernaut always have to always has to run through walls. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. There's something to something to think about there, and and yeah. figure out how to uh, uh-huh. what's that identity that can I, I actually a, want. Quick, can I tell a quick story real quick? So yeah. I had a, I had an athlete that I can't say his name, but yeah. if you listen to what Joe. I'm saying, if you listen to what I'm saying, you can probably figure it out. Okay, you know, if I give a clue or two, just know this this guy can really ball, right? Okay, so um, his business manager reached out to me and we mm-hmm. talked and we created an identity for for this player. And after being in that identity, he just started balling on the court. Now, why is it that identity works so well? Um, right, if right. you, they've done studies with people who had no medical experience, they would uh, send them in to um, like emergency situations like, where people were like dying and they would freak out and be stressed out, right? What they did to these people is they didn't teach them anything new. All they did was put a paramedic uniform on them and then sent them to do it again. And the stress went down and they just started helping. Right. What was the difference there? It's that identity of, oh, I'm a paramedic. I put that clothing on, right? And so, and the reason is because when you're in your identity, you lose all of the insecurities from yourself because it's not yourself making a mistake or yourself isn't scared of making a mistake. It's the identity doing everything, right? Right. So if the identity makes a mistake, whatever. Uh, Black Mamba made a mistake. I don't care. Kobe didn't make a mistake, right? So that is kind of the power of this uh, I- identity thing. Hmm. Wow, that, that is really interesting. It, it yeah. literally is like a, uh, it like cuts off all the uh, nonsense that your subconscious mind may be trying to uh, throw at you. You're like, no, no, I, I got my uniform on. Exactly. Here we go. Exactly. And, and out you go. Uh, that's, that's really interesting. I keep saying that, but 
I love watching uh, mixed martial arts and uh -huh. UFC. And one of the things that I, I enjoy about it, one of the things I enjoy about it is it, it's not about the blood or anything like that, but rather watching the mindsets, watching the chess match. And yeah. it's interesting to me when I, because you can actually, in in that match, you can watch as a fighter breaks. Yeah. Uh, and, and you can go, oh, fight's yeah. over. Yeah. Uh, he, he's given up. And um, there have been a few fighters where I've thought, man, they need they need uh, someone to help them with their mindset because yeah. you can almost see like there's yeah. there's something there. And mm -hmm. and that I've, it's easy to to see it to some degree because mm -hmm. they're under a massive amount of pressure yeah. in in a five minute round for three rounds or five rounds. And uh, life isn't necessarily quite the same because you mm -hmm. can kind of malaise through it. Yeah. And, um, but oftentimes there can be a moment when we tap out, when we give up. Yeah. Um, is there a way that, um, for people to recognize, mm -hmm. you know, to, how do I recognize these moments? Cause when I'm in the moment, I don't, I don't tend to see it. I don't yeah. see when I, when I tap out, when I give yeah. up, um, how, how do I, and then, and then once you're out of it, you're like, oh, I'm, yeah you're onto something else and yeah. you and you don't think about it how did how yeah. does someone bring that to present so that they can they can actually be with it i know you've talked a lot about getting the ego out of the way is yeah. there a way to to get your own ego out of the way so you can actually see that moment to make a decision like you made to yeah. change things around so this is really tough for business owners and entrepreneurs but one thing i do with my private coaching clients is me and you we sit down and we go over your schedule and we automatically put in free time and free days, right? And oh, so yeah. Business yeah. guys, they're attached to their phones. They're on there all day. Guess what? Sunday, I tell them, don't nothing, don't do anything with business. And that means don't check an email. Don't have your business phone. Don't touch okay. business at all because you have yeah. to replenish that, that, that creative energy. You have to replenish that stuff, man. You can't just be working, working, working all day. You have to kind of replenish. And what they found is, and what I found is when you do that, you then when you get back to work, you're so excited to, to get back and get things done. And you just, you know, because you've been away from uh, work for a whole 24 hours, but you know, like Gary V teaches like the hustle and the work hard and stuff. <laughs> that's, that's his spiel. Yeah. Um, but anybody else i would make sure you have free time and free days to to relax because it's just we've proven that the brain can't get creative um when it's under stress it's only creative when it's um um and it's parasympathetic when you're in your parasympathetic state and so you just got to give yourself free days to relax uh whatever that is for you it's different for everyone you know yeah. um, a lot of times we feel bad for our vices uh, but there's a really good book called Rituals where Tim Ferriss goes over all these successful people's rituals. And what I noticed yeah. in reading that book is they all had weird, random vices and rituals. It was never uh, like they were super disciplined. No, all the best people who ever lived had their vices as well. You just got to figure out how are you going to relax? How are you going to replenish your energy? And then you got to make sure you do that and um, yeah. give yourself that that free time, whether that's relax, whether that's go out for a drink, whether that's play some sports, whatever that is for you, 
you got to know what you love to do, which replenishes that replenishes that energy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If I, I think of it in the same in the sense that if you don't have those things in there, then what inevitably happens is you get to a point where yeah. then you're like, what what have I done? I've yeah. I've taken all my time, all my life, uh, all my energy, and done this, but I you can't get that time back. Yeah, doctor, that, that time's gone. Doctor Daniel Amen posted a really cool pic the other day where he had a, a gas tank, but it was like it was like a human gas tank, and it said in the middle where we should refuel, and at the end it said where we actually refuel. And so you should be refueling before you're dead tired, not when you're dead tired. If you're in a um on the NASCAR races, they don't change the tires on the on the car when the tires are bald. Right. They change the tires on the on the car way before that, right? Yeah. Yeah, that that's so true. I actually I was driving my car and um and then and I was it tell, told me I had like 52 kilometers uh kilometers up here in Canada. Uh 52 kilometers to to uh to refuel reserve and I was like, "Okay, well the gas station's right around the corner." As I start driving, it changes from 52 to 17. Yeah. And then and then it, I get a little bit further and all of a sudden it says zero. Yeah, yeah. And then there's just lines there. And I was like, oh, no. And the car started chugging. And, um, you, you know, all of a sudden you don't you never want a luxury vehicle that starts chugging on you. Yeah. And I got it in. I just barely made it in, filled it up. And it turned out that because uh, I took it to the to uh, the dealership and. They said, "Oh, we need to do an update on the software." It, it was a problem with the software. Yeah, and it didn't recognize that um, that I was on empty because of the software. And mm -hmm. I think kind of what you're saying is, oftentimes we don't recognize that point that is when we should refuel. Instead, we wait till the car starts chugging, and uh, then we're like, "Uh oh, perfect," and, and then we're trying to do it. That was a perfect analogy. Oh, you, well, you you gave it to me. <laughs> you gave it to me. So because, um, because our software, because I, you know, when I talk about the body, I talk about hardware, software, and electrical system. That's us. We got our hardware, and then our this is our software, and the software is what runs the hardware. So if if you're thinking you're gonna go to the end to zero, you shouldn't be thinking that way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and it costs the same to, to fuel up uh, halfway as it does uh, <laughs> at full, right? Like you're going to spend the same amount of money. You got to um, do it eventually. He, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, okay. I've, I've got to ask this question because um, I think there is, we're, there's something interesting that we've run into. And I'm going to ask this question also selfishly as a father of four, um, where I've got kids that are, uh, continually on social media yeah. and social media is, it can be a major force for, I mean, look at what we're doing here. It can be a major, major force to advance and teach people, to mentor people, to, you, you know, to add so much benefit in this world. And then at the same time, you can look at it and see how it's, it's also taking us away from so many other things most especially relationships where you can spend more time with your phone engaging with people there rather than in person yeah. do you 
do you have any thoughts on social media for for especially for younger people because one of the, yeah. because an, an aspect that i see there is is there the same drive for 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 those that are younger to to grow to achieve to do all of these things when so much of their life can be uh enjoyed online yeah so i'm extremely passionate about this subject because yeah. We bash the kids for yeah. they can't communicate. Yeah, let's bash online. the kids. Come on. They're, they're on online all day. Blah, 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 blah. The fact is these kids are so much more smarter and so much more sharper than we were. We are. Yeah. It's not even close. They're so much smarter than we are and than our parents are. Yeah, we're just wiser. Okay. So they can handle more input. The, yes. the internet is just pipes. That's all it is. It's just pipes. It's just, mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of times, yeah, there can be bullying. Guess what? You got to learn to deal with bullying. You're going to have to learn to deal with it. Yeah, there's negativity stuff. Guess what? They're going to have to learn to deal with it. Um, I'm all about baptism by fire. Let them get in it. They can handle it. They can do it. But the one thing I do want to teach them is to not just consume, but also create. And create yes. yes yes love it if you're gonna be taking in stuff on youtube and taking in um instagram hey you post on there too create on there too and create your 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 brand footprint as well and so that's kind of my take on it is is i think they got it i don't think it's killing their brains i don't think it's bad for them i actually think they can communicate better than we can because they can they can communicate without even you know, kind of being in front of someone. Yes, you want them to learn to communicate in front of people as well, too. And that just comes down to maybe taking them to church or somewhere else. But they got to learn to communicate with kids as well, too. But um, um, it is a what they call a supernatural, a super normal stimuli where it's a lot of dopamine, a lot of serotonin. Yeah. But we don't know where uh, evolution always goes up. We don't know where the brain's going, but they have proven that the 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 these phones and all of this stuff are creating new synaptic pathways in the brain it's going somewhere good and they're smarter than us they're quicker than us they can take in more input than us we just have to um, not judge them and give them the wisdom to direct them a little bit so that they create and can monetize this thing yeah i love it i i, I love what you just created there yeah. it's uh it is really empowering for mm -hmm. them um and you're you're right they are so much smarter yeah uh than than i am i mean gosh i saw the internet come into being right so uh, so there's there's that and um i remember the first time uh, i sent an email and i said okay so where's it go and they said <laughs> it goes to the the web the web yeah the world wide web it's like and they were and they just they literally were like yeah and i was like oh okay great yeah. didn't know what that meant but i didn't want to look stupid so they were like it just gets there to them and i was like okay yeah. that's really interesting and and even what you're talking about i realized that um you after your situation went and googled about being su successful but yeah uh, where i didn't even my brain didn't even think to Hey, I can just type in that, my question and, and there it goes. Right. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, it it was the it's it's the funniest thing for me to tell that story to my kids, and of course yeah. they laugh at me. But um, I think that they have an unmatched, unparalleled power to be able to consume knowledge, yeah. consume wisdom, consume all this information, mm -hmm. and to be able to do what what you said, which is to be able to give back and yeah. um, and and something that you, you're as you were talking about teaching and being able to teach and I uh, mm -hmm. I that resonates for me as well is because I realized that one of my core beings is generosity yeah. being generous and my expression of that is mm -hmm. teaching which is why I, I love this I love sharing with people and you know, um, I'm sure it probably comes out a little bit more as lecturing with my yeah. kids, but um, but I, I think that is powerful yeah. for um, for the youth to be able to recognize the power that they have in um, social media. And we're also amongst the biggest platform maturity uh, that's ever uh, came to this earth. And so what a platform maturity is, is when a platform matures, and then a lot of money can be made. So Oprah, yeah, mm -hmm. Oprah was amazing, but she's really a product of the platform maturity of TV. Tony Robbins, yeah, he was amazing, but he was really a product of the platform mature, maturity of telemarketing on TV as well. The next platform maturity is the internet. And to us, we think the internet is done, but what we don't realize is more than half of the world aren't online yet. Wow. I went to speak in the Philippines and one of the guys who spoke was his business was trying to bring a Wi-Fi to rural areas. When Google blankets this earth with Internet, about five more billion people are coming on the Internet. Wow. And guess who they're going to find? They're going to find right. you. Right. They're going to find you if you create and put stuff out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I mean. I think Facebook, they said uh, estimates were they lost about six billion yesterday with uh, with their worldwide outage. Yeah. But um, I, I think a lot of us miss and this is something that Gary Vee talks about. Even mm -hmm. I think a lot of us miss the opportunity with the Internet in that we're so worried with judgment and and all of these things of is it good enough? Will people how will people receive it and all of that that we miss the opportunity of of how we show up for people like yeah. in producing content you're showing up for other people people that yeah. you don't even know that um may be uh, consuming your content yeah yeah it's a selfish mindset um to worry about ourselves and how we look and all that stuff when mm -hmm. really if we get away from that selfish mindset and get towards helping others like focusing on them and helping them and doing it for um, the, the, the guy who was going to kill himself and then reached out to me a year later and say, Hey, I was about to do it. And then I watched your video or it, one thing about the internet is you never know who's looking. Yeah. We want yeah. likes and views and, and we want the, the comments, but we'd have no ideas looking. You'll, I'll be somewhere and someone who'll be, doesn't even follow me. will be looking at me weird and you know, I'll be like, and then they'll come to me and say, hey, I saw that that video you did on da-da-da. Yo, that was amazing, and that helped me so much. And it's like, they didn't like it or comment or anything. But you never know who's watching, and people are watching you. 
and never forget and never underestimate the power of your voice and, and, and what you create. And if you focus on them instead of I, it, it, it'll work out, you know. And the whole judgment fear, that never goes away. It never goes away. I sit down and write a book. I have five bestsellers. And when I sit down to write, I'm still like, why are you writing? Why are you here? Who's going to listen to you? That's just that's just a lizard brain. But yeah. um, one of my favorite books is The War of Art. Uh, that book helped me get through that. And it just, and it's uh, Stephen Pressfield. He also wrote um, uh, The Warrior Ethos and some other stuff. Yes. And yes. Going Pro. But he talks about that resistance that keeps us from doing stuff and how it will do anything to keep you from doing the work. And once you're able to work with those thoughts there, the thoughts go away right away. It's like working out. Like the first, you know, if you get down to do 20 push-ups, the first put the hardest push-up to do isn't the last, it's the first. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, you're crushing it on a lot of fronts here. Um, I, <laughs> um, okay. So l let me ask now you're, you're doing all this stuff, you're writing books. Mm -hmm. And what I got from what you just shared was you're really writing and even speaking more for the people that you don't know might listen more for the people that you don't know might read. Um, and, mm -hmm. and that that is even part of what motivates you. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? It, like, it, is that what's motivating you these days? Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to, I want people to achieve what they want to achieve. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, my dad always says, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And so a yeah. lot of time we argue our opinions and statistics and data, but if we actually look, look at what works and what doesn't work. That's what I like to teach in my writing. This is what works. That's wisdom. Wisdom is, is uh, someone comes to me and they say, yo, I need more leads in my business. And I say, okay, how are you getting leads? How is that working? Okay, what are you looking to do? Okay, tell me about, tell me about your messaging. Tell me about your sales. What are you doing to close the sales? And then I tell them, okay, you don't have a leads issue. You have a conversion issue on this page. This page is conversion at, converting at... 1% when it should be converting at 8%. Fix this page. Don't worry about the leads. That's wisdom. So do this. It will work. But a lot of people don't, they don't have that wisdom because they, they aren't focusing on if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't, right? They're focused on, they'll rather be right in argument rather than be right with results. And what I want people to have is right with results. Like I wrote a book called The Little Book of Mental Health. I had psychologists yeah telling me, you don't know what you're doing. You are dumb. Why are you writing this book? You're not a psychologist. I had people bashing me for the book, but guess what? What I teach in the book works, period. You read it, you do it. Now addiction, anxiety, and depression is gone. So you can either be right about the issue or you can get your results, right? And um, wow. you know, one thing about uh, getting your cheese is when they put a rat in a maze and there's four tubes it can go down and they put the cheese in the third tube the rat goes to the third tube get the cheese and then they move the cheese the rat will go down the third tube if it's not there it goes to a different tube the thing about humans is they'll go down that third tube for the rest of their life because it's a belief that they are strongly that they strongly have and they will rather be right about it than get their cheese yeah and yeah. so 
all everything I create is I want people to get their cheese, man. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, you know, not not to really put down therapists or counselors or that, but I, I remember there was a, a time when my wife and I were having a, a rough go mm-hmm. and uh, we went to a marriage counselor and we sat down and and they uh and and my wife was sitting over here and I'm sitting over here and mm-hmm. she was sharing something and she started crying. So I asked could I move my chair and said, okay. And I went and sat down and I held her hand and the therapist was like, Oh my goodness. In all my years, I've never seen that. She's like, that's just amazing. Yeah. And I thought, and we left there and I said, we're never going back there. And, and my wife was like, why? I said, if that's her standard, that we can just (laughs) display compassion with one another, that's too low a standard. Um, and there's got to be, we, we've got to be able to work through this and uh, resolve our issues. I don't want, uh, just that we're, that we can be amicable with one another. Right. And so, um, what you're talking about, you know, even, even because you, you're talking about wisdom, right. You're talking about wisdom that, Hey, this works. Um, it may not be in, in the textbooks, they may not teach it in school, but there's a lot of things that they don't teach in schools that, quite frankly, work in that situation. And so, and that's um, that's one of my issues with therapy is, if they fixed you, you wouldn't have to go to therapy forever. <laughs> they don't. They don't actually fix anything. Right. How do you know? And right. I've I've I, I I've I've talked people down in 15 minutes and changed their whole life in 15 minutes. It's yeah. not that I'm better than the therapist or anything. It's just that I know what I'm looking at. I'm like, okay, um, I know where all negative emotions comes from, loss, less or never. Okay, where is this coming from? Okay, it's coming from there. What point in their life did it happen? And then we just, you know, we work through it. And sometimes it's it's not the software, it's the hardware. And so, but again, I'm just all about the result, right? I'm just all about the result. A good tree can't make bad fruit and a bad tree can't make good fruit. You know, a wolf, uh, what does he say? Uh, um, Beware of wolves that come to you in sheep's clothing. Yeah. That's, that's a, um, that's an overweight doctor he's talking about. (laughs) That, that white jacket is sheep's clothing. He says, yea, shall know them by their fruit. Yeah. What have, what have they actually created? And, you know, when people ask me, you know, where'd you go to school? I'm like, I have a PhD. And they're like, oh, from where? I'm like, I have a, what kind of PhD do you have? I have a PhD in results. <laughs> you know, love it, love it. What what kind of response do you get from that? Um, it's usually like a weird laugh, like, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, um, but you have results, so they can't exactly uh, it, shoot you it, down. It, it's, it feels so good to have the results because, like, you know, you yeah. you have your imposter syndrome that all entrepreneurs go right. with. But right. I got rid of mine when I spoke at Stanford because, you know, it was like my mom was like, I was like, my mom was like, well, why Stanford bring you to come talk? Would it would you <laughs> what they want you to teach them? And I'm like, Mom, I, I taught the whole medical staff, you know, um, productivity and how to communicate and language and some of the stuff. Well, where'd you learn that? I'm like. Mom, I've read read a book a week <laughs> for ten years. I read all the papers, and what happens when you start to read all this information is you start to make distinctions 
yes. that nobody's made because you're taking in all of their information and then you can make connections and it's just you know sometimes mm. you know sometimes people might get a little upset but um uh all the psychologists hate tony robbins because he's worth half a billion dollars and he and he can do what they can't yeah um so is is that part of the goal to uh to ascend that mountain you know be the be the next tony robbins or the first <laughs> uh uh the first uh roy red i want to be the first roy red um i don't want to do it in that capacity like he does with yeah. the events and stuff like that yeah um, i like coaching more i like yeah. teaching and i like um yeah. i like kind of the just just being around cool business people and being in those high level those higher ups i'm more moving in towards uh uh mergers and acquisitions soon and see if i can start Ooh. buying some companies but um okay uh just you know just being me just in that space he's got that he's got that locked down there's a lot of guys who know the exact same stuff but yeah man just being my me just being motivational billy yeah that's great okay okay so so as we kind of start wrapping up let me let me just ask you what's what's next for roy what's what's next i mean you've done you've you've done so much speaking you've done the ted talks you've written books what what's next keep speaking speak to as many bodies as i possibly can yeah. help other people impact people like i do because if i'm gonna reach that inspire and instruct a billion number i need minions out there inspiring and instructing and if i create someone under me who's a tony robbins his numbers are my numbers right um so doing that teach people do what i do um speaking and then uh uh acquiring companies and um rolling up uh fragmented industries man and and business coaching you know helping people bring in more leads uh get more sales create more follow-up business and just uh, using my gift to simplify things to help people get get results. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I heard um, you, you talk a lot about uh, processes and building processes. Yeah. Um, and the need for for systems. Yes. Um, because you can because you can control. It's one yeah. of the things that you have control over. Yeah. Um, and so is that um, is that part of that uh that desire that yeah. in terms of acquiring yeah. businesses because you enjoy building those processes and systems for those companies yeah. so i have a um a thing i call the three by three right and this is this is this works in anybody's life anybody's business anything in the world i'm actually writing a book i don't know if i want to call it the um victorious underdog or the victory equation i'm not really sure but okay. i'm working on my book but there's the three goals. That's impact, income, lifestyle. If you ask anybody their goals, they're gonna fall under those three things, either impact, income, or lifestyle. Then there's the three skills you need to, to uh, achieve that. And that's mind mastery, money mastery, mind mastery, money mastery, and time mastery. Yes. And then absolutely. there's three shortcuts. And this is what I do. I help people with the three shortcuts. That's positioning. That's positioning is your perception in the marketplace. We do that with podcasts, books, content, speaking. Then there's USP, unique selling proposition. Remember what I said those billionaires said? What makes your business different? Help people yeah. create a USP. Uh, for example, I have a podcast and you guys can go check it out. It's called The Entrepreneur Underdog. Yeah. And so uh, 
what we do is, is we help entrepreneurs who feel like underdogs win in life and business so they can prove their haters wrong. It's a business podcast, but that's my USP is I reach out for those entrepreneurs that feel like underdogs. And guess yeah. what? All entrepreneurs feel like they feel like underdogs because their families don't understand. So that's the power of a unique selling proposition. Uh, another example of a unique selling proposition, just real quick, because I wrote this the other day and I got a lot of DMs because people were mad, is someone rebranded stretching and called it yoga and charges you $100 to make you go stretch in a hot room. That's USP right there, right? It's, it's stretching. That's all it is. Yeah. stretching. <laughs> so that's unique selling proposition. And then the last one is the one we're talking about is systems and processes. My mentor, one of my mentors, Ed Rush, taught me this, and he says, money doesn't create freedom like people think it does. Right. What actually creates freedom is systems. Yeah. Lead generation systems, sales systems, systems, because a great business is a business that brings in constant revenue without you having to be there all the time. If you have to be there all the time, you have a job, not a business, right? And so it helps you work on the business, not in the business when you have systems in place. And so what I do with CEOs and uh, my private clients is me and you would sit down and we go over how do we get leads? How do we get sales? How do we get follow up? And how can we create systems to where we know what money is coming in and we can just scale that thing? And then you can hang out with your family three days a week rather than um, reading and replying to emails three days a week. Mm hmm. Do, do you do you uh, monetize your podcast or do you mainly use it as a lead gen? I monetize it. I do the ads through Anchor, which isn't much. Um, but another way I monetize it is uh, here at Secret Bomb. I actually interview potential clients. So I interview thought leaders, um, business people. And as I'm interviewing them, I'm noticing what they don't have in their business that could help their business. And then after I just say, Hey, yo, I noticed you don't have a best-selling uh, book, Neil. Uh, tell me about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've been thinking about it. I kind of want to, Oh, well, let's get on the phone next week and we'll talk about that. And then we get on the phone and then I help them write and release a best-selling book. And then, yeah, they were a client. I helped them. I brought value and you know, we just kind of just build up that way. So you can interview uh, people that you want to to work with, and then uh, another way too is um, you can you can just sell your products on there too. You can say, "Hey, I got this product, that product. Right. You know, go to this right. website. You know." Right. That that is so interesting. Um, when I started the podcast last year, and I and I was primarily focused on um, on uh, interviewing millionaires mm -hmm. and and what ended up happening was I ended up meeting a whole bunch of new friends and yeah. became business partners and things yeah. like that. And um, it was completely unintentional. I was like, I had shared with you, I really started the podcast to, yeah. uh, to show people how to start a podcast, to start a new business in the middle of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then we've kind of changed the focus this year, right. To, mm -hmm. to really be uh, generous and to pass, pass on this knowledge to other people and I, mm -hmm. and, and bring in thought leaders. Um, mm -hmm. But what you're saying is so true. Yeah. It is so funny how you end up uh, meeting people. And, um, mm -hmm. and it's interesting that you have found a way to even be able to interview the people that, mm -hmm. uh, that you could help 
um, with their business. That's that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, that's because brilliant. you know, uh, one of the things is, especially with selling high ticket stuff, is you got to qualify your your clients. You don't, you know, my mentor yeah. says, don't try to don't try to fix broken people and don't try to sell everything to broke people. And so these are people I'm, I'm interviewing successful people. So it's never, it's not an issue when I'm like, Hey, it's nine 97 for my course. It's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll pick it up. Or a lot of time they don't even have the time to take a course. Can you implement? Uh, well, for us to implement, it might be 5,000, 10,000, you know? And so money, if you, Dan Sullivan says, I love Dan Sullivan as well. He says, um, um, if you have enough money to fix a problem, you don't have a problem. And so just those people are, it's a good way to qualify and get the exact person who can not only, who not only needs your stuff, but they can also, uh, afford your stuff. Right. And if, and if you don't have a podcast, so I love what you're doing. If you don't, if you, the, the, the best time to have a podcast was 10 years ago. The next best time is today today you got to start a podcast it's 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 a must it's a must yeah yeah absolutely oh i i appreciate you saying that and i agree with you um i uh it's interesting i just had a i I, like i'm in real estate and uh i'm currently closing in a deal and one of one of uh my investors on some other deals they actually came to me and, and said well yeah i'm interested and i said well we haven't really dealt with this before. Let's talk about it at another point. And they said, yeah. well, does that mean you don't need any investors for the deal? And I said, okay, fine. Here, let's yeah. talk about it. And then they immediately proceeded to start asking, you know, about all the details of it. That, yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah. there's there's no trust here. There's no, we, we haven't built this yeah. yet. Let's talk about it at another point. Let's get further down the road because the last thing you want to do is now build a partnership with someone that's that's not sure that they really um, whether they can trust you or not. Yeah. And so I, I really do appreciate you talking about even the need to qualify people that you're going to work with because yeah. you're going to give them a piece of your life. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And and that's literally what you're doing. You're giving your wisdom, your experience, your time, your money to and investing into them. And if I'm and if I'm if I'm Neil and I'm going to give you time away from my four beautiful children, it, yeah. it better be worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love it. Um, OK, well, um, I mean, I I feel like there's so many other things that we, that I should pick your brain about, but I'm uh, here, man. I'm here. I know we've gone a little while, you know, I don't have anything. I, you know, whatever, whatever you want to do. What, what, what have we, what have we missed here? What do we really need to, uh, that we haven't captured that, Uh you know, for people that are listening, um, Uh and they're like, okay, so I need to start a podcast. Uh, Uh, Roy said, I need to start a podcast. So I better start a podcast. Um, and I better take responsibility uh because you know i've been saying that i don't know what to do for too long yeah. and so now i got to take responsibility yeah. and uh i've got to uh decide who i'm who i'm being i got to be billy or or mm-hmm. whoever i got to be a uh, mamba or I, i've got to yeah. choose that and um and live into that man, so that just, it can cut just, off what, what are we stuff. missing here man just do stuff do yeah. stuff get fancy later that's the that's the thing is 
is boom. <laughs> do yeah. See later. Like my setup is is okay. It's some people think is good, but I'm like I need more, right? But literally, let me show you how you could do a podcast. You can grab your phone, you download Anchor.fm on your phone, and you can literally click on Anchor, click on Anchor, and press record, talk into the phone, put in the show notes, press post, and then it distributes to every single platform, Apple, wow. Stitcher, Spotify. Like, And at the end of the day, you only need two things for your podcast to, to, to have a lot of listeners. And for people to like it, you need good audio, which the phone's fine. And, you know, go get you. The, I have a little Blue Yeti mic. It's like 90 bucks. Get you a microphone. And it's the content. It's yeah. the content. They, you're different than the other 7 billion people on this planet. Tell your stories. Bring your experience. Give content. And, and, and people will follow and start to listen to you. And the only way to do that is just to show up consistently. Mm. Um, and yeah, and and do do a podcast consistently, man. And just start today, like literally, stop thinking about it. Stop. What's my podcast? What's my logo? You can change all that stuff <laughs> as you go. Just yeah. I can put that on a shirt. Do stuff. Get fancy later. I love it. I love it. it. We we said it here for. Oh shoot, he said it. So now I can't I can't steal that one. But I love that one. Uh, do stuff first. Um, absolutely. I I love that. I. Anyone that knows me knows that that's my mantra as well. Mm -hmm. Just you know, I I literally have put this out on social media lately. I've said, uh, "Go the way, know the way, show the way. Yeah. Go first because you're gonna know. You, you're gonna actually know, as yeah. opposed to you know, it's like uh, you were quoting and you know, Jesus yeah. said, uh, "If you're really my disciples, then you'll." Uh, hold to my teachings and then you'll know the truth and then the truth will set you free right and and people miss that component they want to go straight to the the truth will set you free well yeah. if you don't do the stuff first and it's funny how in so many areas in life if you don't do it then you never get to actually know yeah. the the reality of it got to roll up your sleeves and get to work when oppor when opportunity knocks when you knock on the door to opportunity, don't be surprised that it's work that answers. Yeah. Yeah. Celebrate it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so let me ask this question because I get asked this question when I tell, when I talk to people about starting a podcast and mm -hmm. the, the question is, um, well, what if, what if people don't, uh, don't subscribe or don't follow what, you know, how do I know if, if people want to listen to me? Yeah. Well, let me give you a good book to read. It's called nobody wants to read your shit by Stephen Pressfield. Again, read that book. Love it. Um, you're entitled to your work. You're not entitled to the results for your work. Okay. So you have to fall in love with the process and guess what? If one person listens to you, do it for that one person. Everybody's trying to be one, a thousand people, a hundred thousand people. Do it for the one, man. Do it for the one. Do it for the one life you're going to change, right? Yeah. People are going to watch and they're going to come as it's more consistent and people come as you get more agreement about your podcast. Yes. And uh, like when people work with me and I show them how to build a podcast and I even have a course on it, 
yeah, we show you how to get 50 subscribers in a month and, and thousands of views in a month. We show exactly how to do that. Yeah, we show you the secrets and the fancy stuff to build it up fast. But guess what? If you're not consistent, it doesn't matter how many people are watching anyway. And then number two is you got to do it for those people, man. You gotta, you gotta show up and 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 man, people, we're getting paid to talk out here. That's crazy, right? And you know, one thing that motivates me is like a Elon Musk or like a Jeff Bezos, like. You're not starting your podcast while dudes are going to space. Do you, like let that hit you real quick. Dudes are going to space and you can't even start your podcast. Like uh, yeah. do stuff. <laughs> they go into space. <laughs> like that trips me out. <laughs> that 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 pisses me off that I ain't going to space. <laughs> yeah. You know? Do stuff yeah. fancy later, man. Yeah, it, it's true. Um I'd love to just say that. So I was I was a part of a um, a mastermind, and we read the book "Think and Grow Rich," and um, and in there we were talking about you know major financial purpose, and we did a bunch of goals. We talked about what we were doing, and um, and I actually just sent these guys uh, that I was part of the mastermind. I sent them, hey, what what's been accomplished since then? Yeah, and. Um, and I was sharing all of these things and they were like, oh, that's great. And I, and I said, yeah, thank you. Uh, those things have been accomplished. But what I've really come to realize was that the accomplishments I acknowledge, but what I appreciate was who I've been through all of that, right? To, to accomplish that, right? To, yeah. to be able to look in the mirror and go, oh, yeah, those are nice. They're, but but the accomplishment is always it, and you were talking about this earlier that the accomplishment is never worth who you are to to get there yeah yeah i posted so. the i posted i think yesterday or the day before i said and you guys can follow me on instagram that's where i'm most active roy roy underscore red r-e-d-d and i said yeah. i said bro it's not about the wealth it's about who you have to become to attain that wealth Right. Like you can look at your stuff and go, yeah, this is just stuff. But then you can also look at your stuff and go, you know what? I had to really become something better in order to obtain that stuff. And that, and that's what it's about, man. You next thing you know, you're a master communicator. You can like, man, I, you know what? I should post some of my first videos on YouTube. They were terrible. I like they were like it was bad lighting. I was stuttering. I still yeah. stutter like they were terrible. Like my first book has nine misspellings in it and I could fix them at any time. Guess what? I'm not fixing them because I don't want people to get stuck in that perfection right. thing. I want people to put stuff out there. You know, that's not a wow. best written book. That's a best selling book, you know? Mm. And so even when I spoke at Stanford, I, I, in my slides, I spelled unnoticed wrong. I I got a misspelling at Stanford. <laughs> I think like one pe person noticed it's like, just, just yeah. get out there, put stuff out there, and um, do stuff. You, you, <laughs> and here's the key too: is you can't even make it perfect until it's already out there, and you get feedback mm. from the market anyway. Right, right, right. Yeah. Wow, uh, Roy, thank you so much. I mean, this has been right. amazing. Um, so, how how do people get more of you? Um, how mm -hmm. do they get a hold of you if, you, if they want to? 
Um, Instagram, like I said, Roy, R-O-Y underscore red, R-E-D-D. Uh, you can go to my website. I have a free gift for you. Uh, it's called the Unbounded CEO, where I teach my business process on how I am able to uh, bring in more sales and more leads into businesses guaranteed through the process. The book just breaks down. I literally go through a coaching session with someone and how I think about it in the book. It's a short read. It's called The Unbounded CEO. You can get that free at www.myname.royred.com. And it's uh, as soon as you, it's like right there at the top when you scroll down, you can get that for free. Reach out to me, DM. My email is Roy at royred.com. Uh, if you want to hop on a call, just talk about your podcast, talk about a book or talk about something that you're creating. If you have any questions, reach out. Um, I might take a long time to respond, but I will respond. And if you get one of my automations, um, I'll respond after the automation. So don't think that I'm just like automation guy. I'll respond <laughs> later. That's just systems, right? Systems that yeah, are in, right. in process. Um, yeah. And um Remember I said, do stuff, get fancy later. I will tell someone to reach out and they won't even reach out. Actually open up your phone, DM me, email me, reach out, get the book, do stuff. And yeah. you never know what'll happen uh, on the other side. I love it. Uh, what do you think we should call this episode? Do stuff, <laughs> do stuff get fancy later. <laughs> do stuff, get fancy later. Wyatt, there you go. That's uh, that's where we got to call this episode. Do stuff, get fancy later, um, with uh, with Roy Red. Uh, Roy, thank you so much uh, for your time. I really appreciate it. It's a lot of wisdom there, and and then and that's on top of all of the the teaching and that you and coaching that you're able to provide. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate you giving Can us. Can I say something time. really quick, Neil? Yeah. Just really quick to everybody. You know, Neil's a great guy. You know, he could be spending time with his four kids, but he decided to make some content for you guys because he loves you guys. And, you know, I consider Neil a friend. I love everything he's doing. And, you know, it'd be much appreciated if you subscribe and actually write a review and not just, you know, can, not just consume the content, but actually write a review, subscribe, like it. So that way it can get perpetuated and all the algorithms could see it. And, you know, I think Neil would really appreciate it if you did that for him. And um, again, thank you guys for having me. And thanks, Neil, man. This was, this was an awesome conversation. <laughs> thank you very much, Roy. I really appreciate it. Thank no you very problem. much for coming on the show. Mm -hmm. All right. Leadership to Wealth Nation. We'll see you guys later.